Hey y'all, it's Seba, the Southern Fried Witch, and today I'm sending a love letter back to all of you. Instead of writing anything, or doing a listener letter, or interviewing anyone, I don't know, I decided I wanted to just talk to you. Right now it's thundering and raining outside, and all my doggies are huddled at my feet, (laughs) Nothing takes down a hundred pound dog like a little thunder. And there will probably be rain sounds on this track if you listen close enough. And I just don't feel like trying to edit that out, y'all. That would take me days and I just don't want to do it. So, the thing on my mind today... Oh, there's some thunder. The thing on my mind the most tonight is... Well, it's about my fellow content creators... Um, specifically in the witch world, but not necessarily exclusive to that. I support one or two. I can't really afford to support very many folks, but I support one or two content creators. I'm going to leave their names out of here just in case they don't want to be associated with a witch podcast. And I wanted to speak to the fact that this isn't a complaint, but I do want to say that The work we're doing is work. It is. Y'all, the rain's getting really hard now. Right outside my window. And we have a tin roof, so (laughs) there's no evading that. I was talking to one of my sweet patrons the other day, and honestly, without them, I could not continue. I simply could not. The world just, um, it doesn't support artists the way it used to. I want to say the way it used to, I mean, back in Greece, I suppose. But I'm seeing a real resurgence toward that, and it really does my heart good. If we love something, and we can afford to do so, we need to support that something so that it can thrive. My podcast, uh, as long as I'm not interviewing anyone, they take me about mm, two work days to handle. I do... All of the recording, of course, myself. I do all of the production by myself and all of the editing by myself. And uh, even if I had a lot of money, y'all, I'd probably want to go that route because I'm so picky. (laughs) Y'all don't even want to know what it's like to work with me on a project. I'm an Aries, so I'm okay with that kind of work, but I've had to really take time out of my paying jobs, my adjunct employment here and there to be able to do it and there's cost involved and when I do interviews and I know this isn't what you want to talk about today we'll get to something you want to talk about honey just hold on you should care where your eggs come from and you ought to care where your podcasts come from let's just hang in there a minute but if I do an interview like the one I did with that wonderful Ukrainian witch and my friend Krista Zern But when I do one of those interviews and it has uh, separate tracks and has to be hosted on another platform, I have to mix all those down. And a podcast like that one could take me up to a week of work. Now, I know that that comes with the territory and I know I'm the one who wanted to do the podcast, but 
I just wanted y'all to know that if you have a podcaster that you love, that matters to you, do what you can to support them, even if it's not financially. It's real work. It really is. And it's a labor of love. So thought I'd throw that out there. I've had to stop this podcast, y'all. Do y'all hear that? I've had to stop it four solid times because of that rain. (laughs) I just did a little video and put it up on Instagram while I was waiting. Y'all go look at that. It was really hard. All right. This is still a letter to y'all. Things I've wanted to say for a long time. I've had in, and this is not a big number, but I've had in my short, what is it? Is it three years or is it four years of being a podcaster? I'd have to go look at my birthday on that one. I've had, I counted them the other day, 189 letters that I've been able to find anyway, because I'm really bad at finding them. 189. And the thing that has come to me the most has been y'all saying, or at least some of y'all, the ones who wrote in, that it matters. That a voice like mine, whether it be rambling or interviewing or whatever, has mattered to you in your life. Some of y'all have um, brought me to tears over it. And every time I feel like quitting, I go read one of those letters. So thank you for those letters. I may not always be able to answer very quickly. I know that some of them, it's taken me months to get to, but they matter to me. They do. I've got three sitting in my inbox right now. So if you're listening to this and you wrote to me recently, I'm getting around to it. It's just, uh, I'm working a lot. <laughs> But I'm going to, I want to give you enough time when I respond to your letters. So thank you for doing that. And as this is just a letter to y'all, I'm going to tell you that I was talking to a patron, which I'm going to say a lot because this is kind of a love letter back to y'all. And y'all excuse my squeaky chair. I cannot afford to get another one. I want another one. Those squeaks and pops you hear from that chair, they drive me crazy. This chair helped me write my dissertation, (laughs) and uh, I've had it um, going on 20 years now, so I don't think I'd ever throw it away, but I sure wish I could afford a better one for the podcast anyway. I was talking to a patron, and I was telling her some of the things I do, and I will warn y'all, you, good luck finding a podcaster to talk to you about behind the scenes. I tell y'all what. I had trouble getting going. Y'all, I don't know if it's um, folks being competitive or if it has to do with just uh, laziness and don't want to respond or I'm not sure, but I couldn't get anybody to tell me hardly anything. What kind of microphone do you use? What platform are you using to get your RSS feed out there? Are you using a Thunderbolt system? I know some of y'all are like, what the hell? Don't worry about it then, because you're not a podcaster. <laughs> I also had trouble just finding out, like, what kind of interview platforms. I mean, if it weren't for that witch life telling me what they used, I would have been just screwed. I couldn't, I don't want to just Google. I wanted to listen to podcasters I loved, and that maybe even I supported, and just ask them, hey, would you give me some beginning tips about this, you know, podcasting thing? And they were the only ones to ever respond to me. If y'all ever need any tips, just write to me. I'll be more than happy to help you out. Because it was lonely space. 
a very long ride for me. Well, one of the things I do that I was talking to that patron about, yes, this is a winding road, and I am Southern, was the fact that I don't do notes. When I get to the end of my podcast, I may have to um, go look at what patrons to give a shout out to. And upon occasion, I reckon I've looked up a quote or something to read it directly and carefully, but I have no notes. I don't advise it. (laughs) Uh, In fact, I think you might be crazy if you try it. I'm not really, I guess, um, proud of myself about a lot of things, but the things I know I can do, I'm very proud of. I'm learning to be generous to myself and say, good job, baby, to me. Um, I need a lot of mothering, you know, because I didn't get everything I needed. And so I wonder because <laughs> because I have no idea what I'm going to say usually. I sit down in this room. I'm rarely ahead. I think I was only ahead like one time last year. So usually I'm recording this on a Wednesday and trying to spin it down and get it out to the world by Sunday. And honey, it's scary sometimes. It's just all those other jobs that I cannot wait to quit <laughs> um, in the way. So I'll turn on this system right here. And I'll either pour myself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. It depends on the time of day and my constitution at that moment. And I will usually light a candle for inspiration. I actually do call my ancestors. I do cast a circle. And I'm doing this from that sacred space. So, I've surprised myself. When I thought I didn't have shit to say that day, and I've been wandering around, and about halfway through, suddenly, I'm like, yeah, I want to talk about that. And my patron said, sometimes it feels like I'm just sitting on your porch with you, Seba. Well, that would be because you kind of (laughs) are. You kind of are. I've been reading y'all's letters for so long, and some of y'all have been listening to me for so long, it just feels like we're talking to me. So, then I've had another thing crop up, and I do want to address it directly. I think I've mentioned it only one time ever on this podcast, and I'm going to tell you a little behind the scenes on this too. Someone brought it to my attention that my accent gets deeper when I'm I suppose, tired or um, sad or whatever. They were asking me why it is. And sometimes we'll clean up a little bit. You can still hear that tone, but overall it's kind of not as relaxed and not as pronounced. And and they want to know what was going on with that. What am I affecting? Let's look at behind the scenes on that. When I was in my 20s, I was living in the area of Scottsboro, Alabama. Now, this place is a rough and tough. It's also a beautiful place. But when I lived there, well, let's just say that I don't remember if I ever saw the newspaper article about it. But there was supposedly a woman's head found in a well. And her husband had gotten too mad at her. Mm -hmm. I know I was beaten near senseless when I lived up there with my first husband. And I was on the phone with my mother one night, and she, like, vocally recoiled at me. I don't remember what she said, but it sounded like recoil, you know, or um, at the very least, disdain. And I was like, what is it, Mama? And she said, I can't stand the sound of your voice. 
your accent has gotten so thick and I don't, uh, she said it sounds ignorant. Let's talk about that. Nobody could bring me shame like my mother. Also, nobody was as hard to please as my mother and uh, so there was no point in doing what I did. I was born and raised in Athens, Alabama. Um, I married, <clears throat> we'll leave how many times out, and lived in Scottsboro. I also lived in Pisgah on the mountain for a while and uh, didn't leave there until I was 30 years old, except for that little brief stint when I was a teenager when my mama moved me up to New Jersey for a few years. I know. We've talked about it before. So my accent is hard earned. My grandma's accent was much worse than mine. She said wrench to say the word rinse, like rinsing out the clothes. She'd say wrenching out the clothes. She said ain't. She was also one of the most intelligent women I've ever met in my entire free life. Now we're going to get to why it was a huge mistake for me to try to rip this tone this way of talking out of my mouth. I mean, obviously, we're going to get to how in the world that's honoring my ancestors and why I thought I could be uh, witchy or magical affecting a different way of speaking. But what I did was I took elocution lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, it shamed me so badly that when I moved down here to go to school, to go to college, a young mama with three babies, I went to a speech therapist so that when I would be a teacher one day, that's all I wanted to do was be a professor. <laughs> anyway, and it took a long time. And even when I was able to control my voice and my vocal cords and formulate words in a certain way that would no longer make those sounds, it would still slip here and there. However, I got really good at it. And I felt that I had to become this thing. You know, I'd earned a doctorate. I was uh, teaching at a major university. I was going on conference and I was delivering these big academic papers. And I believed, and by the way, I was, I was right. <laughs> I believed that no one would take me seriously or respect me if I were my authentic self. And so... I learned to do it, and I'm going to try now. Let's see. What's a sentence? Hmm. I ain't trying to affect anything. There you go. Now I'm going to change it. I'm not trying to affect anything. So, <laughs> it's really lame, huh? Right. It's um not as good as when I'm really in that mode, and I'm working very hard to speak in a clear manner. And still, you can tell I'm Southern. To speak in this way actually means for me to relax. This could not be more authentic. It is a horrible misconception to believe a dialect is wholly indicative of education. And let's bypass that because not everybody can afford education. It is also just bullshit to believe that someone who speaks in this way is anything in particular. I mean, y'all, I couldn't get more left if I turned around and grabbed my tail. Okay? I am that Democrat you were worried about. <laughs> All right? So, there are a lot of us down here. 
And like my grandma, who was also a Democrat, who said, ain't and ranch, let me say, and fixin' to, and down the holler. Why, she was the most intelligent woman I ever met, and she did not have an education past the eighth grade. And believe it or not, education doesn't tell you whether or not somebody's intelligent. Y'all know I follow this man named Father Nathan Monk, and I'm sure if he's ever even noticed me, I'm sure he's horrified. <laughs> I would be horrified. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, sometimes you don't want a, a witch following you anywhere. <laughs> right? But I just love him. I just love him and everything he does. And recently, he put something up on his page and was talking about, um, he's a wonderful author, by the way. He wrote um, The Russian Sleeper Sale. I'll put a link up in my episode notes here, but wonderful author, wonderful uh, presence on the interwebs. And he was saying something about how, I can't remember now, something about Kid Rock and something about how you know, we don't need me making assumptions about the whole South because of Kid Rock. And, of course, it was pointed out that Kid Rock is not from here, honey. He's from Michigan. Sometimes I reckon the only reason he settled down here, and not too far away from where we live, by the way, is because, you know, there are people down here that'll put up with his ass. You know, somebody's been affecting an accent. I would suggest y'all look at Kid Rock. Have y'all noticed that? Mm-hmm. And that little video. Mm -hmm. So I'll say again. Not only does the sound of my voice. Or my grandmama's. Or my really good friend that lives down the road. 92 years old. I'm going to leave his name out. Because if you knew his name. You'd just fall over laughing honey. About as southern as it gets. It's about as southern as Bubba. (laughs) Just a little bit more old world. Assumptions. They can really make you look like a fool sometimes. Yes, we are historically all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we're a red state. Yeah, it's all true. But we're not all anything. My Mexican friends who live down here, and I'm very close with, would argue with you that we don't want to throw away the entire South. Mm-hmm. My midwife friend who has to work with devout Christians, could tell you stories about the truth of the South. And there's a lot of problems down here. But assuming that we're ignorant, assuming that we're stupid, assuming that we're all Republican, and assuming that we're all Christian, honey, uh uh-uh. No, and I'm going to stay right where I am because I'm trying to help the South move forward. We need more allies down here. So when you hear my voice clean up and it sounds like, I don't know, I've been told it sounds like a kindergarten teacher, I'm slipping. Honestly, I'm slipping a little bit because of all those decades of trying to fit in. One of these days, it is my deepest hope that I never hear that voice again. Because that voice is one born out of pain and a complete lack of self-confidence and, uh, well, also ignorance. So that's something about me, behind the scenes, and a question I get quite often. Now then, when I have cast, when I have stood within the trees and my fingers to the heavens and stomping my foot in that red clay mud out there, when I cast, I use my authentic voice. I don't reckon those trees or those land spirits or my ancestors would recognize me if I didn't. 
you know, the older I get, the more I'm digging around and what I thought was authentic about me and what truly is. And I hope by the time I'm done, I hope all that's left is just the damn truth. We'll keep digging though, won't we? Another question I get all the time as a podcaster is why I don't do more interviews with fellow witches. I have done a handful, as y'all well know, and I approach those because I believe that there's something of real solid worth right there that I need to share with the world, and I think it's uh, a wonderful thing to do. However, I don't want to become the podcaster that just eats their own tail all the time. I want to be more open to other ideas and ways of thinking about magic that maybe are outside of the commercial scale, you know? Honey, I will interview the farmer down the road if I think that that person has something to say. (laughs) And I mean that. (laughs) So that's why I don't do it that much. And I don't read every witch book that comes out there, and there's good reasons for that too. I'm a little discerning about what I'm going to read. I will read. But I'm really careful, as we all should be. Just because some witch says something doesn't mean it's true. I've told y'all, don't y'all completely 100% rely on me either. I'm fallible. So, I guess I'm a little trepidatious about anything, and I take my time deciding what I think about stuff. And if I'd been like that my whole life, I'd only been married once, honey. Because of that, I'm also always one eyebrow up. At needy folks. And I'm not talking about the ones that we need to help with health care or their home or finding a job. I'm talking about, oh, you know the ones, the energy vampires. My eyebrows are more than up about that. My hair is on end. And I don't think those kind of folks know that's what they're doing. But they do need to be taught boundaries. Now, I know y'all remember all my spiel on boundaries. That horribly recorded first episode I ever did. But good healthy boundaries, if you don't have them, you will bleed out. Your craft, your magic, your energy, it's horrible. I mean, I even have a boundary or two with my grandchild. I know, it seems like, oh, don't you love her enough? Oh, honey, I love her so much, can't breathe most of the time. But I'm not going to let her pop me in the face. (laughs) I'm going to remove that little hand and tell her, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, mm-mm, we don't hit grandkitty. All right, another question I get all the time I wanted to write back about, basically, and that is why I won't teach openly to just any Tom, Dick, or Harry that has the money, or why I don't share, well, most of my spells. And that one, honey, is based on my own personal preferences. It is my sincere belief that if I write spells, uh, say for a book, that are meant to be shared, That's fine. That's fine. If I am sharing my most secret and sacred spellcraft, then I feel that I am devaluing it in some way. As to the teaching, I've recently given thought to this. After all, if I were to do something like that, I probably could do a lot more with this podcast and book writing and all that kind of thing. And the reason I'm not going to do it, I'm oath to my students too. They're both to me, I'm both to them. I would have to think out an entire curriculum that is outside of my book of shadows. Something that I felt also was more of a one-size-fits-all 
and I don't even teach like that within my coven, y'all. I don't. We have standard things that I want to impart to them and some secrets that I want to share with them that are protected by oath. But at the end of the day, they all learn differently. And so I would have to come up with a methodology that would, I don't know, just sort of encompass and do an umbrella cover of all learning styles and haven't found it yet. If I could ever figure out a way to do it in a way that wouldn't infringe upon my coven, my great mother, uh, my goddess worshiper, uh, and my ancestors, if I can figure that out, I might consider it. So this isn't any shade to anybody doing it. It's, I guess, (laughs) a little bit of shade to me doing it. (laughs) So that's why. That's why I'm so private. That doesn't mean if you write to me and say, hey, do I need a little help here? Do you think you can help me? And I might, you know, impart a little bit at you. But um, I don't know. I get an icky feeling about just throwing it all out there and coming up with a number of what it's worth. So I, I don't. I don't foresee that for me right now. Until I could come up with an idea, that's where I'm going to have to sit. It's a great idea. I just, I can't figure it out. So that's why. Y'all, I remember, I remember seeing this uh, thing on social media about a year ago, and it was um, some soul who was taking webs from orb weavers and preserving them. And, you know, y'all do y'all. Y'all totally do, y'all. It's fine. I'm not going to judge you. Uh, I'm too tenderhearted. <laughs> I cannot. I simply could not, Lord. Mostly because I know from the science that they used a lot of energy to spin that orb. Are they going to be able to redo it? Well, it depends. It depends on how old that orb weaver is, how late in the season it is. Um, was out there last hurrah because I've seen them. I watch them every day. I do a lot of spider magic, y'all, and I watch them every day, and I notice when they get so, I guess, long in the tooth, if you will, long in the fang, that they can't do it anymore, and they will literally crumple on that, that web, and so I guess I'm just way too attached to spiders to ever do that. I don't think I could handle it, Lord, I don't think I could take it, and I've seen people, I forget what they're spraying, but they're spraying something, some kind of chemical. I don't know if it's paint. I think it might have been paint at that web before they take it down to preserve it. And honey, you know that spider's right there somewhere. If you start touching its web, it's going to retreat to a limb or what may have you. And that mess, those fumes can get all over that spider. Not to mention the ground, the trees, the wind. Ugh, at the end of the day, and I know it's not that popular to be what I am anymore, but I'm a pagan witch. I'm a nature-based pagan witch, and honestly, the pagan comes first in me. It is my first duty to the earth. So, the craft is what I'm allowed or I'm able to practice because of my beliefs and because of nature, and I'm very honored for that. So, I don't do that. I can't possibly do that. This is just showing you how weird I am, and um, what I do, though, is I will wait till they pass away. And if I'm assured that they are crumpled and gone, and you get to be careful with that, y'all. We had a really cold snap last October. Uh, It may have been November, actually. And there was an orb weaver. Actually, it was, I think we call them banana spiders down here. But they're golden 
or weavers and their threads are just magnificent. And I thought he'd passed away. She, sorry, only the ones that do that are the she's. I thought she had passed away because she looked crumpled on the web. And I decided to give it one more night. <laughs> and then the next morning, it really warmed up outside. I went back out there. She was kicking it. Bat children, she was throwing those webs out there and really sturdying herself up. So she wasn't ready to go. And uh, stealing her web while she was still using it is about the most unethical Oh, I hate using that word. Unwitchy thing I can think of. So, no, I don't. I wait till I'm positive and they're crumpled. And if I can find them crumpled and completely passed away and I'm 100% sure of it, I will take that web. I will. And I will mix it in all kinds of things. I'll mix it in ink so I can write out intention. Especially it has to do with a creative thing in my life. Um... I'll gently wrap a little bit of it around my affame to do some workings that have to do with imagining and manifesting something in my life because it's all like a, a web to me that we weave. So, and that's only two of the things I'll do with that. However, can't kill one. Just can't. Can't steal from them. Can't smash them. Can't. I've got house spiders living in my bathroom, y'all. Mm-mm-mm. And I really wish they would scoot it somewhere else. I really do, because they keep scaring me all the time. One lives in the shower, and I'm always staring straight up going, don't you dare. Don't you dare follow me in the middle of this. It's not that I don't have that little response of, oh, shit, a spider. It's that I love them, too. I recognize that that response in me is most likely, although not altogether, but most likely, born of what I was taught as a little girl. So, and just if y'all are listening and while I'm just rambling about stuff in a letter to y'all, I want you to remember that orb weavers don't like getting off their webs. Okay? They don't. They're not going to come down and come try to get you. So, chill out. Y'all look silly running like that. Let's see if I can round all this up and go back to the behind the scenes idea here. But I guess the whole idea with the spider and the reason I brought that up and what they were doing with it, and it was all popular, but I had a thing against it, is that there is so much freedom in getting older. I don't know if it's because when we get older, we're just too damn tired to care anymore what people think about us, or maybe it's because we know we've got less time than everybody else and we don't want to waste it. We want to finally do what we want to do. And be true to ourselves. I don't know what it is. Or maybe we're too addled in the brain, y'all, to pay attention to what other people are thinking of us. But I don't think I've ever been so free in my craft. If something feels wrong, I just listen to it. I do. I may give it a think. I may have a sit down and a study over it and a little bit of worry over it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to let my gut tell me. I mean, for instance... As a podcaster, we're still doing that letter to y'all. Um, I did, I worried quite a bit over interviewing Pastor Adam. I did. Uh, at the end of the day, I felt it in my chest that it was the right thing to do and that I was willing to lose followers over it. Um, last week and this week, I've been tired. Uh, I'm going to have more content for y'all. I've got interviews thought up. I also have a wonderful series I want to go through with y'all over this coming summer. 
but I'm tired. And I could either just say, I'm taking a two-week break and y'all aren't going to hear from me. Or since, you know, I kind of feel like a lot of us are just, at this point, kind of friends, come in here and wander about and tell you what's on my mind and get back to real work next week. When I press save and publish, uh, by the way, let's go through this. I also use Squarespace as my landing page, my website, and it does a wonderful job of hosting your podcast. And this is not a paid advertisement. This is a uh, admission of where I host my stuff. But when I hit publish on that, I always have that little moment of, is this good enough? Am I making a mistake? Am I going to offend somebody? And at the end of the day, I have to tell myself, I promised. If y'all go back and listen to that horrible, well, I mean, it's not horrible. It's just very roughly recorded. Season one, I said, as long as this is fun, I'll keep going. And if I got to worry that much, it ain't fun. So... Two tears in a bucket. Fuck it, y'all. Occasionally, I'm going to cuss. I'm going to be whoever I am in that day. If I'm broken, y'all going to hear from me. If I'm happy, y'all going to hear from me. If I'm angry, y'all going to hear from me. <laughs> and y'all, the thunderstorm just broke and the sun came out and it is just beautiful out there. I'm very worried. I know y'all remember the hard freeze that happened after all of the trees had um, left their dormancy, I am concerned about a couple that I don't think that made it. I was as my juices flowing, thinking about something to write about that. But the ones that did make it, the ones that rose solid with all their buds in full bloom, some of them with fruit on them, that have decided to re-leaf out and try again, I have to tell you, while it's sad for the others, it is a sight to behold. There's nothing more beautiful than something coming back after being broken. Nothing to me is more beautiful than that. And just so y'all know, I wouldn't do it without you. I couldn't do it without you. These years on this podcast have been wonderful. But I do hope you all remember that I'm a person. I'm a witch. (laughs) I'm a grandma. I'm a farmer. I'm a teacher. And I'm fucked up beautiful. So, from time to time, the content will just be me rambling. And if that's not okay, well, after all, it's a wild ride. And this is the real, authentic slice of life from a southern witch. Well, I reckon I gotta get back to all my plants. This has been so nuts, everybody, y'all. It has been so hard because usually by now you could maybe throw a few things in the ground. And the knots are swinging back and forth from you know, 55 to 40, whatever, and just can't do it yet. I, um, I'm growing my moonflowers again. They bring me so much joy, but this year I'm simplifying it down to one or two vines, and I'm putting them into the hot tunnel so that I can close down the walls. And the reason is, you know, I've grown them for, God, since 2009, a good long time. They're super magical. I absolutely love them. But they are toxic and quite dangerous to dogs, cats, chickens, cows, horses, goats, and toddlers like my grandbaby. I've never worried that much about anything else. I've noticed the birds leave them completely alone. Squirrels leave them alone. I guess they're wiser than the rest of us out in the yard. 
They're absolutely fantastic. Their smell will knock you over. Bigger than my hand. They're just beautiful. But if you are to grow something like that, whatever you grow, go ahead and do a little search and make sure you're not hurting anybody doing it. So I'm planning on gifting all of my vines away to folks that don't have kids and don't have outside pets. So the last little bit of advice I'll give y'all today is to please research what you have going on in your yard and what you want to grow and make sure it's safe for other little creatures. All right, getting back to it. I do want to thank my new patrons. We have Mandy and Shannon. Thank y'all. It matters to this podcast so much. And welcome to the Bat Children family. All right, I'll talk to y'all next week. The rambling will be over. <laughs> Love you like chicken. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the deep south.